Hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Do Well podcast. I'm really excited today to have a conversation with a remarkable entrepreneur that has a really interesting journey to share with us. Michael Thornhill left his comfortable lifestyle in the UK and moved to Peru and has been living there for the last six years. On today's episode, we're going to learn a lot about why he did that, some of the reasons behind the move, and how he pursues well-being in his own life. Michael, welcome to the show. Man, thanks so much for having me. Thanks, everyone. A pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Awesome. Now, I was really excited when I uh, saw your bio and I see, you know, a big change from living in the West to moving to Peru, which is a huge change. And for those that are watching this on uh, on video can see the big mountain behind you, which is really quite nice to see. And I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about the journey that led you to where you are now. Yeah, great, great question. So I never thought I would be living in Peru. It wasn't something that I kind of grew up and said, oh, I'm going to live in Peru. Um, it was something for me that was a transition that was a product of what I would describe lifestyle choices that were occurring for me, or I was taking lifestyle choices that were not supporting my well-being. And then it came to a kind of a crunch point where my life decided, or I decided with my life, whichever way you want to look at that, to take a different path, which was supporting the well-being in work. So I just want to kind of like frame that to begin with, and then kind of go a little bit deeper into the context. So I graduated with a chemistry degree with medicinal chemistry in Manchester University. And then I was working in headhunting and recruitment for energy companies and energy sectors. And then eventually began with my own uh, recruitment firm when I was living in Germany that was very successful. We were working in renewable energy and we were giving money back to charity. And the essence of that business that I'd created was uh, a answer to perhaps some of the things that I felt disgruntled with about the way things were done in the industry, the kind of the way that things were, uh, the processes, the way that we worked with people, and also the kind of ethos of the company was we were very much about renewable energy, very much about giving back to different projects and really creating kind of that social change. So it felt like a lot more aligned than the other work. But the interesting thing is, is that I'd worked so hard to kind of get to that point of opening my own business. And I thought that opening that business would then heal or change all the things that were not going so well in my life. So on the, on the front, on the face of it, I've always been very successful on the front of it. I've always been a very hard worker and very much um, dedicated to all the work that I'm doing and the products of that kind of show in all the businesses that I've worked in and then ran. But what was underneath the surface that not many people would see would be the depression, the anxiety, the levels of stress, and, and then the repression of that through alcoholism and drug addiction. And those kind of those substances that would allow me to repress my emotions so that I could then show up and then continue to be effective and successful. So running my own business didn't actually, even though it was very much more aligned, it didn't actually take care of the underlying core issues was that I was actually living a life that I didn't prefer. And I got really good at the life that I didn't prefer. I kind of got towards the level of the top. And if I could have carried on going, I'm sure I would have been even more successful. But thankfully, at some point through that journey, there was a big shift and change and awakening and awareness that I was able to access what I think actually occurred to me, which is actually was in my late 20s. And I think that some people don't necessarily get this kind of level of awakening to later in life or further down into a direction that they perhaps don't want to, 
Uh, and this occurred through unfortunate circumstance and synchronistic circumstance that my mother was very ill all of my life and she passed away about seven years ago. And that was a, a big catalytic change for me to start looking at my life, the addictions, the way that I was living and actually see like death in the face and actually begin to consider longevity because that was never really a, a forefront at the forefront of my mind. And to kind of fast track the kind of the story throughout that process, I started to investigate the spiritual awakening through meditation and going to some kind of different meditation groups started working with an energy healer which was completely out of my field of awareness mm. this was not like i you know what i need i need an energy healer but it came into my awareness and i tried it and i had direct experience of feeling better so i i from a being a science background if you do something and it changes something and it works then i'm you know quite open-minded to follow that and i did and that kind of opened up a path which led me to drinking a plant medicine called ayahuasca while i was living in germany at the time and this took me into a very deep uh, healing of addictions and a spiritual awakening that I wasn't aware I was getting into. I didn't think that this was something that was going to change and shift my life. I felt like it would actually even perhaps motivate me even more within the business that I felt like I was really, really uh, born to kind of lead. And I was able to uncover uh, different levels of core issues that were at the root of addictions and despite trying many many times before i'd never really been able to to heal these addictions and through going to this first ayahuasca retreat all of the addictions that i had of drinking alcohol smoking drugs completely shifted and changed completely like to the wow. point where i didn't have cravings so <laughs> it wasn't just like oh i have a bit more willpower it was fundamentally something shifted and changed now disclaimer that the the, the the process over the subsequent seven years or so, especially at the early stages, that there was deeper levels of healing and kind of getting more in touch with, okay, why do I still want to drink or these things arising and stuff like that. The path for very for a very long period of time, I didn't touch anything. And then since then, I had a period where I thought, which many alcoholics do, that they don't drink for a couple of years. And they think, well, I could just have a drink. And I'll be fine. And that's not me. So right. the disclaimer is that there was deep work to be done for myself. But that took me into a whole process where I could see, and I think this is what's important for, for you listeners out there, which is what, what the message that I'd really like to share today, is throughout that process, whether you believe in the power of plant medicine or the spiritual awakening that I've been on, I think that this is a re really relatable message. But through this process, I was able to begin to see the beliefs that I was carrying that were not my own inherent beliefs, they were the beliefs of my parents of wanting me to be successful. They were the beliefs of the education that right. says you should do this in this certain way. They were the beliefs of my bosses that were, you know, through the early parts of my career, benefiting greatly through the financial rewards that I would bring to them. And then simultaneously in an environment where I kind of grew up where there was divorce and mm -hmm. later on, I was to find out in my own healing journey, different levels of uh, sexual abuse in my own upbringing. I was also able to see that as I was able to be very successful at school, at education, and then later into work, when that's actually really, really rewarded this mm -hmm. kind of knuckle down, don't feel anything, be very productive. You get rewarded financially. 
you get rewarded with respect and a career. And what that was actually feeding into was that I was then able to nourish on some level or, or, or soothe the cravings of something that was actually just looking for unconditional love, looking to be acknowledged, looking to be seen, looking to be heard. And in this capitalistic structure that was very, very much focused upon you know, earning lots of money and, and, and doing lots of sales and these types of things, I could see directly that I could become very good at this and I would get all this praise. And then for a little while, I would feel good. Great. I am worth something. I am, I am valid. I am valued. On some level, I am quote unquote loved, although I wouldn't necessarily say that that was the type of thing I was looking for. So anyway, I could start to see all of these things. I could start to see all these things in a way that was, that was very, very clear. And then I could start to see that something, and this is one of the most beautiful moments of my life. And I, and I think that these type of awarenesses, when they come into people's life, very greatly shift is when we're able to access a different point of view or perspective that was completely closed off to us. That's not even in our field of imagination. So mm -hmm. the life, to, I know it's kind of a long winded answer to the question of the, the life that I'm living here in Peru with the mountain in the background, married with my wife, running a business together that is, is, is very successful and we're actually doing what we really love. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't know that that was possible. So it was completely out of my field of vision, but throughout this awakening and this awareness through working with this plant medicine, I was able to see that there was something completely unimaginable available for me, but I knew that I'd have to take steps towards that. And this is for anyone who's, who's kind of run a business, very, very kind of daunting is that when you've spent so much time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears, 80 hour plus weeks sleepless nights and working on the weekend to grow and build. Right. And then you do create a level of financial security and success. And then are you just going to walk away from that? Are you just going to just say, oh, doesn't matter. The last 10 years of my life doesn't matter or even longer. So anyway, the, that was the kind of the process that I kind of embarked on. And um, I'm going to pause here in a moment because I know I've been talking for a little while, but the short version of that is that I then decided to go traveling, to go to India, to go to Nepal, surrounding myself in different spiritual studies, and eventually found myself coming to Peru uh, to go into the jungle and study and work more with ayahuasca to learn about how to facilitate ceremonies, what was more about this whole uh, process and how this plant had, had tremendously helped me. And it was there that I kind of met my wife, Jamie, mm -hmm. and... She's a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. We both had businesses before and both had a big spiritual awakening and found that the way that, again, I think this is what happens with many business owners and that what's the reason that people start businesses? They see something in a place that they're working that they don't really prefer and they feel like there's a better way to do it. And that's kind of what we felt. And that's really about trauma-informed care, ethics, creating safety, integrity, working with people with trauma. And that's how our business, Casa Galactica, was kind of born as an answering of that calling of creating an environment, a safe environment for people to heal involved, heal and evolve whilst becoming empowered to connect to their own truth and then helping people, whether it be in work, in business, whether you be someone who is in that type of corporate field, but is looking to make changes and shifts, or if you're someone who perhaps is a healer or if someone who's just going through their own personal process and looking for more meaning in life or a more authentic path to evolve, 
we work with people from all over the world to help them to connect to their authentic self so that that can then be expressed throughout the world. Amazing. That's, that's really cool. Now, you said so much stuff there that, you know, it's just gold. And, and uh, I, I want to unpack a little bit of that. One thing that you, you talk about is you know, the addiction to drugs and alcohol. But there's a lot of people that are also addicted to work, right? Workaholism. And I've been looking into that a lot more lately, you know, like feeling like, hmm, am I a workaholic, right? Like from, from a clinical sense, am I a workaholic where I, per, where I prefer to do other things over, you know, do work over other things? So when it comes to noticing, and you said that there's things that you may not even be aware that you're not aware of, right? You don't know what you don't know. When it comes to people that, uh, business owners that may feel like they're on the edge of becoming workaholics, what are the signs or what are the symptoms that you, know, you would notice uh, as an alcoholic or as a drug, somebody that was addicted to drugs? What do you notice that gets you to think about it in a way that says, hmm, maybe I should pause, reflect, make a change? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, great question. I mean, and you know, I would also identify previously as a workaholic, and that has also been something that's like, okay, make sure that we don't fall back into the old patterns mm -hmm. and behaviors. Um, the kind of the noticing, the noticing of things, firstly requires us to just take a moment, because the workaholism, the constant doing, if we're constantly doing that, we're probably not going to notice anything. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why workaholism is so prevalent is because it keeps us occupied and it keeps us busy. And for the most part, for the most part, okay, but not in all cases, for the most part, that workaholism gives us tangible effects in the material world that actually reward us and say, see, this is a beneficial process that I've gone through. This is what the world wants. I'm now able to provide for my family. I'm able to create a level of security. So these are all things that like to desire these things, really great. You know, it's nothing, nothing wrong with wanting that. But when we start to tune in and check in, I think it's when we start to stop work. I think if we can find that we can't switch off, then when we try, we're like, oh, great, I'm going to watch a movie. And then all of a sudden we're checking our phone and we're checking our emails. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to take a weekend off. And then it's kind of like a, a, a day in and then the nervous twitches start to happen. So for me, for me, even when, you know, cause we, you know, we run a, we run a business and a retreat center and many different things online, there's a lot of work to do. And I notice even for myself, like at this, at this stage in, in, in my healing, that point where, where I stop working, it's very uncomfortable sometimes. And mm. why, why is it uncomfortable? I find it because when we stop working, if we are tendency towards workaholism, when we stop, what arises is the feelings and the emotions that we've not been prepared or able or had time and space to feel before. So the first part of that stopping or slowing down can be quite uncomfortable, similar to alcoholism. So if we just talk about alcoholism, use this kind of connection here, that when someone first stops drinking, then there's the withdrawal phase, or this could be any substance, this is withdrawal phase where you start to feel terrible and there's every part of you that's then saying, well, if I just drink another drink or smoke another cigarette or whatever, that those cravings will go away. So we go through that period of time also with, with work because on some levels, especially if we're in kind of results-oriented environments, we're then winning clients or different projects or making effects and changes that are really helping people, we can also become addicted to the endorphins 
of feeling that the work that I am doing is creating value for me. So, and, and we're creating value for other people as well. So not just for me, but we want to talk about like the personal experience of this is that on some level, I, I believe what happens is, is that the limiting belief that we have that we're not good enough or we're not worth anything or we're not, we're not able to, whatever that might be that maybe has arisen through bullying or, or growing up or just being in a school environment, whatever it might have been, that gets satiated that we then constantly have these side external reflections to us that say, look, my business is going well. I am good enough. Look, the money's coming in. I am good enough. Okay, I'm making a difference in the world. I am good enough. And at that moment when we actually stop doing that, if that limiting belief is still prevalent, then that can really come up and it's like, am I good enough? So the same way that we would reach to kind of the bottle or the cigarettes or whatever it might be, there's those processes. So again, it's there's no one size fits all, but what we're inviting here to anyone who's recognizing this, when you begin to take a pause, a weekend, a break, an afternoon off or a vacation, just begin to notice those feelings that maybe come up and arise. And the invitation is, is to choose something different. Just to say back to yourself, I am good enough. I deserve a break. And then just move on to something else. So I think there's many different reasons why the workaholism comes up. The yeah. invitation to take pauses, to take breaths, to take space, not just go from one task to the next all the time. Of course, that can be really beneficial throughout focused working hours or whatever it might be. But just notice if there's an inability to not go from one task to the next, begin to investigate what you, your mind might be telling you that keeps you in engaged in something that on a deeper level, perhaps you don't actually want to do anymore. Perhaps there's an actual another perspective out there, mm -hmm. similar to what I discussed, where you can be really productive. You can be really abundant and successful. You can make really good changes in the world and you can have loads of time for vacation and relaxation and playing sports and being with the family. There's some part in there that I believe that happens in our society that on some level, this, this and, and it comes back to the, the podcast, the title that you have, and, and I believe from our conversations, there was the, the kind of the mantra that's been in the world for so long is like work hard, do well, or something, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think it's just such a great invitation to have a conversation to hear. I mean, because yeah. that perhaps the, the question out to everyone is what if that's not true? What if that's a lie that on some level is told by corporations that create you to become more productive for them, but it's not, it's not one or the other. We can have it. We can have it all. We can have our cake and eat it. We can be successful, productive, vibrant, have a family and do all the things that we love. So breaking free from those cycles, it really begins in many senses and shapes and forms. That That's a spiritual awakening in, in a in and of itself, because we start to question the nature of our reality. Wow. There's so many thoughts here in regards to just one thing you said specifically is that, you know, you, you question what it is that we've been taught as true. And so I, I'm going to tell you a quick story that may seem like it's a, a deviation from what we're talking about or, or a tangent, but I'll come back to this in a second here is that um, I, I've been following AI a lot and trying to understand, you know, how can artificial intelligence do what we needed to do and, and help us in our life. And there was a essay, well, not an essay, uh, a blog post 
There was a blog post that I read this morning about how I think it was the school board in uh, the state of New York is removing the requirement for essays to be a grading, you know, one of the, the items that they use to grade students' performance. And the reason for that is specifically because AI can write an essay for you that's convincingly good and original within seconds. And so there's not really a big benefit to having students learn how to write essays to demonstrate their performance. And that was one thing that I, that I found really interesting is that we've been taught for the last, you know, hundred years that writing essays really well means that you're a good student. And now it means that, you know, that it's irrelevant. And I think about the other things is that hustle and grind compared to being well and doing well, which is the title, be well, do well. Those are two conflicting things. And I think everybody, uh, all business owners start by thinking that you have to hustle, you have to grind, and that's how you become successful. Whereas what you're saying is that you can do well, you can be well at the same time, be well and do well at the same time. So one of the things that, that you also talked about is that taking a break and noticing the thoughts that come up. I often like to go for a walk midday, you know, between meetings or whatnot, and I don't take my phone with me. I leave my smartwatch at home so there's no distractions, and I just sit there in my thought. And there's so much that I have discovered about myself, so much that, um, that I've had these aha moments while just on a, you know, quick 30-minute walk. Now, you're in Peru, and nature is all around you. So can you talk a little bit about if and how that nature and, and the surroundings has impacted the way you your daily habits and the things that you do every day. Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you for sharing all of all of that previously. That was a very insightful um, bringing together of those comments. And yeah, it's definitely left me something to ruminate with the idea of that essay becoming mm-hmm. uh, no longer relevant. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just, I think I'll take that forward when I actually start to continue to deconstruct my own life mm-hmm. of, great all these things are shifting and changing so thank you for the sharing that with everyone and yeah i love i love that that feeling of that thought of going out the times that i do go out for a walk without the without the phone or things like this it's just the space that arises right um yeah so living here in in like we're in the andean mountains so we're we're surrounded by world class world class nature um, one of my one of my favorite hobbies to do is to to ride motorcycles around here into the mountains, and we just get up to my wife and I. We go and she's on the back, and we get to we get to see sites where you just you can just see the horizon of just mountains and mountains just merging into the sunset. Uh, and I, I I think for me when I have those moments of being in in that pristine beauty. There's a feeling that everything is well, that there's no mistakes, that there is just something magical about this world. There's something magical about this life. And I think for me, what, when, I'm able to, when I'm able to connect to that level of natural beauty, it kind of gives me some kind of inspiration or motivation. I take things a little bit less seriously. Mm. Um, but for, for me here as well, what for, I'm a very sensitive person energetically. So I, I like to not be super surrounded by people uh, in built up areas and things like that. And when, you know, we just went to the city this morning to, to do a few different things that we needed to do for the business. And, you know, that's about 45 minutes away. And it's, you know, there's an energy of the city there. But um, what I would say is with regards to nature, 
whether whether you know whether you be here in the Andean Mountains or wherever you wherever you may be, taking that little bit of time just to reconnect to nature, I think it can really put things in perspective. It can really just kind of it's like the defragmentation of the hard disk, or mm-hmm. it's just allowing that kind of just that energy just to give some space. And I th- think again when we kind of come back to what we've already been talking about the topic that that defragmentation, we can actually do more with less effort and energy when we're focused in the right direction. So when we're, when we're caught in the stress, when we're caught in the emails popping up all the periods of time, when we're kind of reacting to all these different business needs or personal needs, it can really take us into this kind of stress state. The nervous system can come into this. I'm reacting to this. I'm reacting to this. I'm reacting to this, or I need to do this, or I need to respond even quicker or whatever it might be. And I think that, that that nervous energy can really affect and impact the way that we engage with other people, with our business. So whether it be, you know, taking a walk out for half an hour, or even if it's just meditating for five minutes. And when we say meditating, it doesn't need to be this kind of thing that you need to go to India and study. It can just be beginning to connect to your body, just trying to stop the thoughts being there, just kind of coming into the body awareness, just allowing like the energetics of our body to kind of dissipate what we can find is that we come back to our project, our assignment, our work with a sense of clarity that enables us to efficiently move through a task with a level of awareness that I would describe is more in line with, with the higher self. When we can describe to kind of touch into this deep aspect of ourselves that's beyond the mind, we can start allowing our own magnificent, infinite nature to begin to inform the way that we do things. And that's like seeing all of the directions of the map from an overhead bird's eye view and then saying, well, that's the clearest direction. And the kind of, it's very clear to say, go there, take a right, and we'll be straight to the destination that we're going. And sometimes I find when we find ourselves stuck up in the thoughts and the the tasks, then we can find ourselves feeling like we're down here, like in the valley. Mm -hmm. You can't kind of see the route out and it can kind of become a little bit overwhelming. So whether it be nature, meditation, or even just playing some music or guitar or an instrument or listening to some of your favorite music, turning off social media for a little while, just reconnecting to yourself, doing that a few times a day will more than likely give you more energy than a coffee could, at mm-hmm. least sustainable energy, mm-hmm. and bring you back into the focus perhaps of what it is that you really want to achieve with that work day. Yeah. I, coffee is one of those things that when <laughs> we talked about addictions a little bit and, you know, when you're, when you're used to drinking coffee for energy and then you cut it out, it's really hard. And I've been back and forth on coffee this year. I'm, you know, back on the no coffee. And I love the idea of using meditation, using nature, um, you know, taking just those micro breaks to get your energy back because then it's sustainable. Like you said, it's a sustainable energy. Mm-hmm. Now, you obviously have a lot of passion and knowledge and, and interest in what it is that you do. So, if, is there something right now that you're really excited about, something that's got you really fired up in either your business or your personal life, your journey? Yeah, um, really interesting. Um, the, for, the first thing that, that's really, really strong within my heart is, is the teachings of non-duality and how they intertwine with the plant medicine work that we do. So we host 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats. Mm-hmm. We've studied in different indigenous traditions. We've worked in different traditions before as we were kind of apprenticing and learning. And really for what has been the path and the purpose of what we do at Casa Galactica has really been distilling 
all of the things that have been relevant and beneficial from those teachings that we've studied over the years, mm -hmm. my wife and I, and, and coming back to our own truth. And I, I want to share this about our business and I hope that it may inspire or connect with people in their own business. So it's not just relevant to living in Peru and, and doing multidimensional mm -hmm. work and plant medicines and, and trauma healing work with people. It's, it's relevant. I think to, to whatever it is we're here to do, especially to all those entrepreneurs and people who are starting to, to break the mold. We've, we've really gone against the mold in our business in the way that we, because the, the, the business and the work with ayahuasca and plant medicines, a lot of that has been about following tradition about this is the certain way that you should do things. These are the way that things are done. This is the way that things are done because this is the way that things are always done. You shouldn't question this because this is the way that things have been done. And we know this because it's just been done for hundreds of years. Okay. There may be some things within that and we have found that are beneficial, but for the majority case, what we found it out is the way that things are done, especially for us and the way that we connect. So we connect with what we describe as dedicated inner truth seekers. Within that, we work with people who are healing from trauma, who are connecting into their own truth, uh, developing or the multidimensional awareness or on a spiritual non-dual path or being in service to others. What we found is that we require an authenticity in our work. That means that we can't give our power willingly away to things outside of ourselves or to things that seem to need to be honored or bowed down to in a way that releases us, that, that takes away our own sovereignty. It takes away our own authenticity. In other, in other words, it says that on, it reinforces on some level, I believe, when we put our power outside of ourselves, that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. So the kind of the process that we've really been going through is to look at all of our, our clients, the type of people that we're here to help and work with and create processes, programs, trauma-informed care practices and empowerment teachings that work in a way that breaks the mold of that tradition and the way that things are traditionally done and has created something that's much more fulfilling for ourselves and has also created what we would say optimum environments for the type of dream clients that we work with to really go on a process of, of healing and evolution that is beyond limitation, that's beyond uh, restriction, that is beyond the, the limitations of the older way of doing things. So that's kind of, I could talk to you for hours about the kind mm -hmm. of nuances of all that and how that kind of does. And I hopefully I've explained it to kind of give a flavor of what that is, but to crown back down and, and, and to why I think it's an important message to share is to all those business owners out there, to all parents out there, to all people who are creating structures, there's just, there's just, I think there's just such a beautiful opportunity for us all right now to begin to connect to our heart our own authentic truth and find out what is it that wants to be shared through us because everyone's different. Everyone has a different passion. Everyone has a different way of doing things. So I think that the kind of essence of this conversation that we have in here today is to begin to do things the way that you think is going to be better, not because someone told you. And if someone told you something is going to be better because it makes sense and you think, yeah, I actually think that getting up at 5 a.m. and doing a workout is actually the most productive thing for me, then great. But what I really, what I'm really excited about, and what we're really excited about through all the work that we do online and our online sessions and our online courses and programs and 
intuitive branding and design and all sorts of other things that we we kind of do across the spectrum, everything we kind of bring and connect people to is to connect to your own truth. Not our truth, mm-hmm. not anyone else's truth, not Tony Robbins' truth, not anyone that you've heard. It's like what do all these messages evoke within you? And then we teach people the tools how to follow that in a way that really catalyzes and takes years off that process because when we're kind of in that process of self-doubt or not thinking or thinking maybe we should be doing it this way so that's what we're really excited about amazing that's awesome and i can feel the passion in there now before we started recording um, you had offered uh, a really generous offer actually to our audience is a a free 60-minute session with you to one-on-one i think it's virtual of course and you'll talk to them about exactly what we're talking about here and help them through their journey. If somebody wanted to learn more about that or connect with you, where can they do that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you can, you can check our website out at casagalactica.com. Mm-hmm. So on Casa Galactica, I offer different, uh, I different, offer different online sessions, which are here to help you connect to your own truth. So we can work in a way that helps you to accelerate your soul's evolution in the path of service to all, connecting to source field consciousness, healing deep levels of trauma from the being, somatically going into the body, beginning to uncover limiting beliefs and behaviors, and really to uncover the roadblocks, what you might have into just living in a more true uh, life, true authentic life to yourself. And then we have our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats and Mm-hmm. all of the different offerings that we have in person, you can check out at casagalactica.com. This has been really interesting. I've learned so much. And you know, the one thing I love about conversations that I have with uh, the guests on the show is that this is unscripted. So I didn't send you a list of questions and, you know, for you to prepare. And I really appreciate your uh, you know, authenticity and your honesty and just the way that you, you described your journey and, and the work that you do. I really appreciate it again. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Michael. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience before we sign off? Uh, just thank you. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, just invite you to check check our website out. Sign up to our mailing list because you're already going to get a whole front bunch of uh, information into your inbox completely free. You're going to have a five-hour trauma healing workshop mm-hmm. online, uh, beginner's guide to strengthening your intuition. And also for those of you who have not won the competition, but I just like, yeah, I wanna, really want to connect. We also give 20% off for your first online session with us. And then you'll get to connect with us about more of the different types of work that we're doing. And you can unsubscribe at any time. So yeah, I'd invite you just to check out our website. And then also as well, because I know some of these types of conversations might begin to evoke different things out there for you who are listening. And there might be something that I've shared today that connects with you, but there might be a little bit more mystery about how this really might be able to benefit you, whether it be our in-person work or connecting to our online work or content that we provide to to our subscribers. So just invite you to just go ahead and book a free 30-minute consultation, and then we can talk about your own set of circumstances and create some clarity uh, so that you can make informed decisions and choices. But uh, yeah, i just like to thank everyone, and I can just really feel the kind of essence of the, this community that is here with you, I'm in, and I just really feel that there's a lot of people who are making real solid changes and work. And I just really want to honor everyone who's taking those steps to to take steps towards being well and doing well. 
and still maintaining that kind of mission centric of changing, of shifting, of doing that work, of supporting the families, of creating change within your prospective industries. I just really honor that work that is being done by everyone. And I really would also just like to say from someone who has been there in the 80 plus hour week, being successful, running a business, I'm running another business <laughs> and it's more about being well and doing well. And I can tell you, I am much happier. I am much happier and there are many ways to do and run your business. So I just really honor you in those steps that you're taking. And I mean, thank you so much for creating this conversation. I think it's a really important conversation. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. Oh, amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Michael. Thanks again.